We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carla Navas. And with me today, we have the reality check master, Tiffany Meeks. What's up, guys? Feeling good after a game two win in Denver. We're going to get into everything that that means and what we felt about the game. But also with me today, the great Siobhan Bond. How are we feeling on this wonderful Monday, June 5th? This is fantastic. I feel great, great game. It's been a great day. I was off today. About Love to it. cook once we get out of here. It's been great. Listen, let's let's get right into it because Miami went and did something this postseason that hadn't been done yet. They went into Denver and they won a game. They did so with the fourth quarter that was scorching. It was it was the it was really the story of the season of the ultimate progression to the meme mean where all these shooters who had I think we know them to be good shooters, had struggled all year, made us think that they weren't good shooters anymore, and they come this playoff guns blazing, and they all look great. They all look good again. Tips making tips making faces at me. I think I think some of us lost a little faith in some of the guys. Uh, I think it was a little confusing all season, and I don't want to relitigate the season, but I think watching guys that, like, I was like, I know Max Struess is a good shooter, but now I'm doubting a little bit. I know Duncan's a good shooter, but what's going on? This is like, you know, yeah. the, the games are adding up. And they go into that building. They take a game that nobody had done yet. LeBron and Anthony Davis did not do that. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant did not do that. And to be honest with you, Jimmy and Bam didn't really do it either. It was Bam and Gabe and Duncan. You know what I mean? So let's start, Tiff, let's start there. And let, let's let's kind of go through the game. Max comes out like a, like a bat out of hell. He's coming off of double staggers pin downs and they made it an F they made it a point to get Michael Porter running after dudes and he was lost bought switches weird double teams that were ill-advised early in the clock and Max was floating around hitting everything and that was the that was the tone setter Tiff cannot hear you I think you're muted 
think your mic's muted. Uh, Bond, while Tiff while Tiff figures out her audio, uh, what did you think about kind of their start with Struz? Yeah, well, you you give a lot of credit to you know all the people that we typically give credit to the shooter for continuing to put up shots, understanding um, his importance and what it is that he's supposed to be doing here. Tiff, you if you back, just jump in. Um, but uh, and then to Jimmy, to Bam, to Spell, to the cast. And, and continuing to make sure that the, the shooters who struggled continue to feel comfortable to go into these shots, but to come off of the actions, to come off of that, that baseline out of bounds and um, just come off that, like that, that double kind of wide pin down and just step into it, knock it down like that, that takes incredible, um, you know, kind of resolve and, and, and mental fortitude and just a, a, a mentality to really relinquish whatever the past struggles are to just, you know, kind of forge ahead as what we were talking about the three of us backstage a bit. And then from there, just all of the slip actions, the first one on the left side, um, him coming up, setting the screen, slipping the screen. He, they had two to the ball. He's wide open in the right corner. They ran a different, there you go. They ran a, a different variation of, of the slip and got some, got Max something on the right side. So just the movement, um, the readiness and and just getting into you know what it is that he do. Go ahead, Tiff. Who? Where was I? Oh, I I was starting <laughs> with Michael Porter. <laughs> no, because it's interesting because yeah. I I will say he is a better defender than he was in the past. Like I will give him that credit. He he does look better than he did last year. Um, but I think the thing about it is for me when I watch him, you want to get him in the actions. You want to force yeah. him to have to move all over the court because I notice he's very good in a standstill position but if he has to lay chase to somebody he'll easily get caught up on any kind of screen any kind of stagger because he doesn't really want to fight through these things that and and that's just my perspective and I could be wrong for what I'm watching but his physicality isn't that type of physicality where he's going to chest to chest and try to bump his way or even kind of spin and get off people and try to stay with his man. Like, I, I don't think that's something that he likes to do. So I think getting him on any of the shooters is, is the best thing that you could possibly do because he's going to get lost in all the screens and all in, in all the chaos that's happening. Um, As far as Max is concerned, I actually, I, I wasn't worried. And I think I said it to you, Bond. I was like, all right, it's done. Like that, that game one is done. He'll be better tomorrow because that's yep. just, it's because you couldn't what get any worse. Happen. Right. Yeah. Like you couldn't get any worse. Like you were oh yeah. four. So it doesn't Literally matter. Exactly. 04. <laughs> Nothing so worse. Could, he couldn't get worse. But I think that like, um, the thing that I like about him is that he knows I'm still shooting the next one. And Spo wants me to shoot the next one. And the guys have confidence in him to shoot the next one. So I think it's just, it, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he spent a lot of the season looking like dog shit. Like, we're not going to act like it wasn't true. Like, he did. But I always knew whatever we saw last season, it's still there. It's still in there. You just, you sometimes you have to, and this is just what life, sometimes you got to be broken all the way down to get yeah. built all the way back up. And I think with Max, um, especially with Duncan this season, I think those two things happened to both of them, that they both 
they they reached enormous highs in the last couple of years, but this past season they both saw incredible lows. And I think it kind of was able to balance them both out. So now, one, they don't take it for granted when they're on the court. Like they're yep. given 110%. And two, they know everyone on that bench, everyone higher up, they, they have their back. And I think that's a big thing. Can I say one thing to that, G? I know you got to have me here. I, I think what's, what's we where we are tired of hearing about like the un, the undrafted rhetoric at this point, but right. there is something to that strength tip mm-hmm. to that fortitude and being able to um, be broken down and, and know how to climb yourself back up. Right. These aren't guys that were highly, highly touted. These aren't guys that were coming into the league, you know, silver spoon in it. And so right. the struggle or the, the, the fight to get what they, they want has always kind of had to been something that they've done. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's a different level. I think it's, it's an additional level to have gotten there, seen like pretty quick, um, like flash success and then be brought back down to then have, so like, it, it's right. just some, some of the resolve and that, that kind of undrafted mentality, I think is what you see shining through and, and the cast like that. Well, like, and I think that's Bon and, and, and Tiffin, what you guys are saying is like, that's why they've really taken, to this like beauty in the struggle kind of mentality. Yeah. Like they, they say that quote a lot. I know that Duncan had, had kind of said as much literally verbatim, right? Like they, they find, I, I guess they find purpose in that. And I, I think it fuels them in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, we're going to get into some of the external stuff, but I, I, I totally agree with you real quick chat. We got heat life in chat saying, is this live or pre-recorded? We're live, baby. We're always live. Baby, we live, baby. Come, come on, on baby. Twitch you know here? Right. Listen, a lot right. of a lot of new faces, guys. Listen. The, yeah, the, hey to you guys. The finals Take your run. shoes off. Stay a while. Come, on, come, come stay. On. You know, the refreshments <laughs> in the back. Culture on the side. But no, for real. Thank you to everybody who's new uh, and who tunes in. It means a lot to us. And we're, we're very happy to have anybody along. Listen, these kinds of runs make new fans. And these kinds yep. of runs introduces, you know, our existing fans to a lot of new people. So welcome, 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 as welcome, we say welcome, around these bars. Welcome. And uh, if you're listening on the pod, remember, you can watch this live on twitch.tv slash Miami Heatbeat. So, you know, getting back to the next to the no stuff. So I, I liked them going at Porter, not just in pick and roll, not just with Jimmy, but like, hey, let, let's get, let's move them. Let's move them around. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of a holdover from, from game one, but... They did a great job of where Bam was off ball in actions. If he's not screening, they're not putting him in the dunker spot. They're putting him on the wing or in the corner. And why that's important is because they can flip the action to swing it to him. And even though he's not a shooter, that guy in the corner is now going to come off a handoff, which makes Jokic have to run up, right? So now you're moving Jokic from you know north-south. You're moving him. And I think you... This is a series. They don't play one game. They play a series. Right. And you want to wear him down. You want to wear the Nuggets down. And I yep. I think that's, Tiff, that's a bit of a diabolical wrinkle by Spo. And it's a page out of Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors. It's like, Draymond's not the best shooter, but what we're going to do is we're going to make him a passer and a handoff guy with our shooters. And we know that you need a guy mm-hmm. to send up at the level or to hard double or to send two at that guy coming off the handoff and it's hurt Denver and Miami got a lot of good looks off that in game one. And yeah. that continued in game two. And I think that is one of the most 
new things about their offense this series, and it's just kind of credit to Spo for you know keep keep doing shit. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, it's fun. You have a, you have to have a coach who can implement all these schemes, but then in turn, you still have to have the players who can produce this out on the court. Um, it's interesting because I know during the season, a lot of us were just like, what is Bo doing? We can't believe this. Why is he playing this guy? This combination isn't working. And I think the thing about it is it's like now when I take a step back and I see how they're playing in the finals, everything had a purpose. Every grouping that he put on the court together, whether it was successful or not, there was a purpose because now when you're looking at these lineups, you say, oh, okay, he, he, instead of having this guy, he put this guy, um, even sans Tyler, because Tyler's not with us playing as of yet. So even while it's killing us, even like the Zeller minutes, like all of these things are purposeful. Like, even though we don't like it, there's a reason why he keeps playing him. Um, and, and, and it all just kind of falls back into Spo actually knows more than most of us when it comes to his team. He's forgotten more about basketball than we'll ever know. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Which, by the way, quick aside, I saw a lot of people moralizing on what Spo said to Ramona uh, in the press conference yesterday where Ramona asked Spo a question about... It's because making... it was Ramona. Well, I wanna... It's because it's a woman that people care. Well, and I mean, Ramona, I want to say, like, Ramona's a pro. Ramona's been in this fight. Right. So, so for context, Ramona, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN asked Spo about making Jokic a score, about that being a strategy, and Spo kind of rebutted at that and right. and referred to her and other media members as quote the untrained eye which was one of the fucking funniest and most savage things i've ever heard right and i saw people like more Hello. and i was like listen i guarantee you ramona is not pressed that woman no. is a, oh, yeah. a she can take care of herself she doesn't need you being right. mad on her behalf b listen we've all covered spo enough we've heard what spo does to troppy baby Spo only yeah. likes Brady. We've been known. And Spo even texted her and apologized. Right? Yeah. So 
like she she said uh, on uh, I think it was Get Up or uh, or right. Malika show. Yeah, she or, said or, that he apologized. That apology was too much. That was unnecessary. It was, and that's because like the media. Know, but I'm just like, and that's yeah. why. like I yeah. listen. I have a lot of respect for Eric Eric Kareen of the Athletic. I love. I read his stuff. I love his stuff. I've listened to him on pods. He's a great reporter. Come on, guys. Like, coaches pop pop's been doing this forever. Right. Spo does it. Just like don't be. This is the NBA Finals. Don't be so pressed. It's it's also like. We also have to remember the human element of what we're watching. They literally just came off the court. He literally just finished coaching a game where, hell, I mean, they dragged it out and pulled it out literally at the last second. Like, there's also a human element that comes with all these things. Like, he's allowed to to be generally frustrated with the reporters. I mean, if you got half of the dumbass questions that he gets about his Come team, on. at some point you're going to pop off. You know what just and he technically he didn't even re, like let's be real. He could have let her have it. He didn't even really pop off. And like Tiff for me, if I'm the coach of a team playing against a two-time MVP, especially in the aggregate era of NBA Central or whoever kind of picking shit up out of context, if I'm Spo I don't want anything that I say to be construed exactly. as disrespect yeah. to yep. a a team that has been very respectful and complimentary of the Heat, right? Like right. Michael Malone runs a tight ship, and right. those guys are like very even Aaron Gordon. I, I saw Aaron Gordon's like, man, Jimmy's gonna be the toughest guy I face. That that guy just played Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Like it, right. it's just so I think that they're being very careful with their words, and I thought Spo was put into a position where he didn't want to say, hey, we're going to get into why I don't really agree with that they made Jokic a score. But uh, I, I thought it was like Spo kind of deflecting a little bit and also being like, that's also not what happened. Bob, what, what were you going to say? Right. Oh, I genuinely don't remember. Um, I think that was a, a, a bit overblown. Um, and like, like Tiff said, like the, the questions that some that they get, just a lot of the frustrations, I guess, with some of the landscape of – hoops media um just you know that it doesn't feel i don't know i guess as thorough or as right with the with the depth that maybe it could so they do get a lot of like really kind of like not even superficial but very just like i maybe rudimentary questions sometimes and like you said he just came out of this like high pressurized situation they right. barely got it out like i'm trying to right. he knows he has the media you know obligation but i think it was overblown and right. that that apology was generous but i'm not surprised so right. let's let's talk about the way they defended Jokic. Now that we got the other the mm -hmm. the, the, the cultural stuff out of the way, um, I I listened to a little bit of I don't like to listen to too many pods before I do my own because I I don't want to I don't want to steal or or like that color the way I view things. But I listened to a little of Dunker Spot at the gym today because I you know I, I we all know we love what Nikias and Steve have to say, and I absolutely agreed with with what Nikias said today about kind of quote-unquote, making Jokic a score. Miami did an, a better job on Aaron Gordon, on Jamal Murray cutting. They did a better job of kind of keeping those easy assists off the table for Jokic, where, like, Aaron Gordon gets a seal on Gabe Vincent, Jokic at the top of the key or at the elbow. That's an easy pass over the top of a smaller Gabe for, for Aaron Gordon. Or it's like Jamal Murray... You know, there's there's a bot switch between Jimmy and Max, and then Jamal Murray is cutting behind them, or, or through the middle, or like weird stuff in transition where Caleb kind of doesn't pick up the ball, uh, pick up the man with the ball, and it's like little mistakes. And I we, I talked about it on my film 
pod and I, I tweeted a thread about it. It's uh, Nikias. Hi, Nikias joins us. I'm actually talking about what you <laughs> and, and Steve were talking about on Dunker Spot, how, you know, the things that Miami did off ball on Jokic kind of prevented a lot of those easy assists. And, you know, I, I do think that there was some emphasis on, hey, like with the zone, like Jokic is going to be more of a scorer at times or like, you know, given the single coverage that he sees a lot because they're not like hard doubling or whatever. But, but Bon, I, I, I totally disagreed with that notion of like, they've made Jokic a score. I just thought that like they did a better job on those little margins around the ball. And that kind of resulted in fewer assists and, you know, yeah, I agree. I don't know that they made Jokic a score so and Hanakais so much so that they limited the scoring opportunities for the the you know the the rest of 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 his cast and if that you know is some de facto making him the scorer then okay sure. Right. It wasn't they just like left shit wide open for him to you know kind of operate the way that he wanted to and just stumble into stuff. Um I agree though they they were a lot um what felt like cleaner and they're like shrinking and then they're recovering out they're digging their digs have been a lot better and then the the um the addition of kevin to the starting lineup replacing caleb allowing g you talked about it on hot yesterday you know we all kind of assumed that um playing kevin meant that you'd probably match Kevin with Nicola and they didn't do that. They kept Bam as his primary defender a lot. Um, Jimmy did a, a good job, a very good job on Jamal. Um, mm. You know, that guy's been hobbled offensively, but he's been like really clean for the most part and like really neat. Um, and, and like his, some of his closeout work, his cushioning work, um, navigating the screens and stuff. And so I, I, I really agree um, with, with that notion from, um, from Nikias. Um, I know we're going to keep talking about the defense here, um, but you, the, to the point, so I think one of you guys made a little bit ago about like how they use Bam, um, just using him like motion wise, kind of in the handoff stuff, knowing that they have that drop space, knowing that, okay, whoever's coming off, you have some room to operate, either pull boogie, um, break it down or get to some other stuff. I just wanted to slide that in before I kind of forgot it, but I agree, um, in the way that they've been defending or the, at least the way that they defended, um, Nicola yesterday and they got caught sometimes too like that pass to um Aaron Gordon kind of mm -hmm. on the baseline Nicola was at the the, the, the key and the yeah. lob they were like oh my gosh he passed it out of me I'm like no he didn't he saw that he had that the whole time right. because he's backing down he sees him and so like gets into the move as a bit of a fake and the nosy so like they, there were places where they you know they're still but you're never going to be perfect but right. I, I thought the game plan was um intentional and, and really well executed Tiff like they you know, if I'm if I'm the Heat, obviously I don't think they have a solution for for um, for Jokic. They don't have no. Or, there is no solution. They they just don't have the personnel, and even with personnel, it's hard. I mean, yeah. that's listen. There's right. there's no solution right. to LeBron James. There's no solution right. to the guys of that caliber on offense. Like they're just they're too good. That right. caliber and that size. Even Luca, right. like Luca, like size. That the size, size and the passing. Position. You know. But, yeah. But it's the it's the whole thing, G. One is never gonna beat five. Like it just it's it's not gonna happen. Exactly. I, listen, I, I I was a fan of listen. Let Bam just guard him straight up, because what it what it also does is it forces their other players to have to get offense, to have to try to get their own offense if he's not spoon feeding them every other possession. 
And I liked it. I liked the fact that because now it's it's mano a mano. Jamal's going to have to go against Jimmy. And you're going to have to do all you can to get this bucket because Jimmy's going to be that that force of resistance. So how is that going to play out? And and as you saw, like we were even talking about Michael Porter Jr., him having to do certain things was not helpful for them because they've all they're they've become accustomed to getting that that spoon fed pass, getting that. I'm just going to cut back door. And oh, here it is. They weren't getting those easy looks because. If he's one, if they can't, if they can't shake their defender, what's going to happen? I got the ball. I got to try to score because nobody else is getting it. And that's literally what it was. Um, did if they forced him to be the score? No, but also common sense told him if no one else is scoring, somebody has to. If like they, that's just if the they way wanted it works. him to be a scorer, they wouldn't front him as often as they do. Which I'm very surprised, guys, how often they still fronted. Because I thought early they fronted and Denver just kind of drove down the middle or, or just kind of was able to get the ball over. Like I, I thought Denver. Early in the in game one, early did a really good job of like beating the front, and you know you watch from from the regular season, you know they were just good all year at it. And yeah, but look at how they were fronting him in game one. It it wasn't it 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 wasn't like aesthetic. It it didn't look right. Like even Gabe when he was trying to front, Gabe didn't even have he didn't have his legs under him. His base wasn't strong. He wasn't like he wasn't positioned well to even try to do that. But it seemed like in game two. I mean, Gabe didn't get caught out there that many times, but he just looked stronger in his stance. He looked stronger trying to get around. Like, it's just, it was like little noticeable things. I, I agree. And like, they they did it with Bam more, which I think is good. And I thought they did a better job of, of pressuring the pass because really the <laughs> best defense against Jokic is not letting Jokic get the ball, well, right? Yeah. Like, you know, your, your best option <laughs> The way he can't score is he doesn't get, you know, it's, it's kind of like how, how like a football game is. It's like, you know, the best defense against a great quarterback is like running the ball and like draining the clock so that they don't get the ball back. It's like Tom Brady gets the ball back with 45 seconds, like too much time, too much time. You know what I mean? Like you want to prevent Jokic from doing that. And listen, Denver had 23 assists to Miami's 28. I think that's a winning formula if you are moving the ball better because a lot of times like Jokic can get the ball and maybe he doesn't get the initial assist, but it's like swing, swing because they do get a ridiculous kind of points per possession off of his post-ups. He's still a menace, you know, when he gets the ball, even if he gets, even if, even if the guy a pass away is rotated out to Denver makes you make three, four, five, six rotations. They, they just keep playing up until the clock is over. They, you know, Miami and Denver are, I think, really similar in that sense. Similar, yeah. They're like, we will fucking find some shit. If there's one on the clock, we're going. Because, you know, we're not chucking a shot that we don't like until we absolutely have to. And, you know, credit credit to Denver for, you know, still posting. You know, I know that Miami's limiting them, limiting them on offense, quote-unquote. Miami shot the fucking hell out of the ball to, to win that game. But you just some of the posting... Some of the posting stuff too is where they are establishing themselves in the front. Like the one, the one that I feel like I remember you talk, or that I think you're referencing when you talked about Gabe Tiff. Um, not only was he like not you know pretty solid in his base or what have you, he, the front 
was also like too far up the lane. So one, if you don't have the ball pressure, then it's yeah. a, a easier target, but there's more space than behind him to try to get that pass right. in there. A lot right. of the good fronting that they did last night, um, however they were able to catch him, they were managing to front him fairly low in his post, like fairly close to the block. And so now they know that they have this weak side person who they can't, um, they, they can't fully commit to that, to that drop, to that help, but that space to get the ball. I know he's massive, but that's still right. a narrow, a more narrow window <laughs> to get the ball between the target hand and right. the rim. Um, right. So it it, it kind of helps your your help a bit too. But again, like having some more size and just uh, more force. They played with more mm -hmm. force too, so they yep. they were better able to push around. Last thing on Miami's defense, because um, really this was more of an offensive contest than anything. I like that they were less conservative with Bam's drop on Murray. That was one of my kind of things looking looking at game two, looking at game yeah. one, where I just didn't listen, I I think I think there's a place for the deep drop. I think there's a utility for it. And I think that there are certain kinds of players that you can do it against. I think Jamal Murray is not one of those guys. I think when you let him walk into pull-ups at the elbow, you gotta yeah. rethink your strategy. And I understand that you're scared of Jokic rolling in that situation, but I think Miami did a really good job of putting Bam closer to the level and then making sure that they made that pass really difficult. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they made sure that the yeah. help on the back was there. And part of doing that to, to Murray is how Jokic ends up, you know, with 41. He gets better catches yeah. on the roll. You send the help. There's a small. You got to send a second. Boom, boom. You know, right. all that stuff that we know. Yeah. But I, I just think it's more important that you don't let Jamal Murray get comfortable because Jokic is comfortable in everything. That man yeah. will be comfortable in the depths of hell, you know, as long as he has a basketball and a guy that's cutting. <laughs> you know, if you're Miami, you got to – you got to – I don't want to call Murray the head of the snake because that's just not true. But – yeah. Certainly, that guy is too dangerous. He's too right. hot coming off that Lakers series to let him walk into pull-ups at the elbow. Because right. then what you do is now you get going from three. Now you're comfortable. And, dude, that guy had a good game. He had, what is it, 18 and 10 assists and, like, six rebounds or something. And he shot, like, pretty decent from the field and, and hit a lot of threes and, I mean, nearly tied the game. I mean, that was a that was a really, really good look that he got up against Jimmy, who, like, barely got off the ground there. He had... 18, 4, and 10 on 46, almost 47% shooting uh, with with one turnover. So, I mean, it's pretty pretty damn good for, for Jamal Murray. He got going late, though. His first yeah. basket was in the second quarter. Yeah. But, I mean, great great players yeah. do that. You know, you do a good yep. job on a great yep. player, and, yep. and they, they burn yep. you. But They figure it out. Eventually, they're going to, right? I think, that's yeah. a, I think that's part of, like, hey, we're not giving you that easy pull-up. And mm -hmm. I think, bam, and, I, and they do that emergency switch pretty good when like oh we're gonna get beat we gotta switch and i think he and jimmy in particular are really really good of knowing when that happens yeah tiff i'll let you go then bond yeah oh sorry no. <laughs> i didn't know where i didn't know where we we're going no. no i it's it's i i'm like i'm honestly amazed at the transformation from game one to game two like i'm literally still amazed that like, I knew they would come out better, but just overall, like, the defense is just, like, it's, I mean, it's a lot of try hard. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, they have got to, they got to dig it out 100% with, with this team, against this team. But even just, like, 
if you look at, I think somebody posted Jokic's numbers against Bam. He got rolling a little bit against Bam, and then it was kind of like a, a green light turned on with Bam. And Bam, it seemed like Bam started to figure out, okay, this is what he likes to do. This is what he, and Bam just kind of, he stayed with it. Like, I think we never, we don't really talk enough about how even when things look bad, Bam does try to stay with it. And he didn't seem defeated when Jokic scored on him. Like, that's the one thing I was kind of watching to see if he could just kind of just stay in the moment. And he did. He played all the way through. What did Jokic had? What, 40, 41? 41. Yeah. And it never, fa- it never phased Bam. At least he never showed it. I am, like, that's what I'm amazed at. The fact that he, like, he took on the challenge, went head to head, and no matter how many points was given up, he came out on top. I think that is like the one thing that like nobody really kind of talked about when it, when it came to Bam last night. Uh, Bonda, do you want to add anything on what they did to Murray before we, we change gears no. one more time? No, no go ahead. I, I'm out here on what I got like 4% left. Uh, we're moving. We're, 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 all right. We're, let's, all right. We're about. All right. All right. All right, we're, no, we're no, moving. No, we're, no, moving. No, we're moving. We're moving. Right. We're we're Miami's office <laughs> we're to transition. I just want to give Bam. I just want to give no, Bam no, no. a little love. We're, Kevin we're loves needed. throwing the outlet. We're we're moving. Yeah. We're we're running down court. <laughs> I got it. No. Um, you know Miami's Miami's half court <laughs> offense was pretty remarkable. I think all season long, and again, a lot of this is really hot shooting, but I I think it's more than that. I think it's process. I yeah. think it's deliberate. Like we talked about, like hey, let's get Jokic in handoff. You know, like like let's move him north south. Let's you know. Their weak side stuff this series, I thought they're, you know, when they were playing the Knicks, I thought the the actions they ran on the weak side were pretty fucking remarkable. And I think that they've upped that times 10 in this series, which is funny because, you know, I I guess these are these are less advanced defenses than Milwaukee and Boston. And they are doing so much, so many cool things, you know, to make that their to make their guys guard in space, whether it's you know, putting Bam on the weak side corner and then flipping it into a handoff, whether it's kind of running cutters or two-man game with a shooter and a screener or like uh, two guard guards, right? And then kind of confuse Michael Porter or, or like what Max did, uh, like guard coming off guard screen. You know, are we switching? Are we not? Are we doubling? And whoops, Max is in the corner wide open and stuff like that. So that's good stuff. Miami in the half court, 114 offensive rating. That is in the 93rd percentile. I don't know who you are. Uh, who is that? They've really come back in this series to the BAM 2020 offense, but like with new stuff. With new stuff. With yes, new with stuff. other things, like in conjunction yes. with other things. Yes. You were talking about like some of the max actions. They're doing like a lot of, so they were doing like some empty side Jimmy, Kevin, two man, and some of the other series. They're doing empty side stags where they're like, Either they're starting Max as the first or Kevin's at the first. Kevin's not really popping. He's like picking and slipping some, and that's that's stretching. Their shooters. They put their shooters in the stagger, and one of those guys fucking rips as soon as you come off. Yeah. When it's Max, when it's Max as the first one, Max is po- he's Dude. getting his ass all the way to the corner, Fast. and they're turning the corner, or you have just two to the ball, just multiple times. Um, they, that's a they tough got switch, Bond, because if you're it is. that, that's just that's tough because it, it's, it's, it's happening very too hard. fast. It is, and like they 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 did a, a empty side, like they had a, a empty side right um, two man with Jimmy and Max, but it started like on the other side of the floor. They're cycling people through. 
think we lost her. We lo- oh no. We lost a brave soldier. Oh no. Listen, rest in peace to Bonza. Pour laptop. one pour pour one out. Pour one out. But yeah, Tiff, <laughs> we'll to, to close it out, we'll we'll get that one more thing. But uh they yeah, they've just been they've been pretty remarkable uh with, with their kind of offensive process, right. whether it's whether it's that, whether it's running the BAM stuff, whether it's Jimmy on a bad wheel really trying and honestly getting to his spots and just missing because he's short. Right. But getting right. to his pull up spots, getting to that little floater that he absolutely devastated Milwaukee with. They, I have really liked their offensive process, and I, I genuinely believe in it. No, it looks so good. I think also because now I'm seeing all the guards get Bam going. Like they're all, they're looking for Bam. They're looking for that, that little pocket pass. They're looking for him for the lob, and it's not because usually it's just, it's Duncan. But now it's Gabe. Now it's Max. It's also, you know, it's Kyle, like they're all keeping him involved on the offensive end because, you know, we often complain, get Bam, the get Bam, the ball, get him the ball in spots where he can score. And and this is what they're doing. The other thing is that they're, they're surviving on the boards, which I think is important considering how much zone they play. So they were out rebounded by seven yesterday, but in reality, like that was not, that was just not a problem in the game. They right. they serve and they they themselves were getting you know they the Heat had eight offensive rebounds which I think is a win I mean uh, mm-hmm. Denver only had nine so only one more offensive rebound than Miami so they're surviving against in the zone against the board uh, in the on the boards curious to see how the kind of the zone survives so the last thing Stiff I want to get to is what we feel because now Denver has the counterpunch right you know right, Miami right. move that's a big change they put they they changed their starting lineup back to what they were doing before. You know, Denver's right. going to have some some things to think about right now. The one thing I thought that Miami got away with, I thought they would use Aaron Gordon as a as a handoff guy more to put love in the action. So I thought they would mm-hmm. do like Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray handoffs because if you put Jokic on the weak right. side, you can A, do what Miami does where you just flip that into a handoff or just Jokic just straight up rips one from three. He's a very good shooter. And maybe right. that's bad because if you're Denver – you don't want Jokic in a corner being a spacer. That's like a blatant misuse of his power. But also, I think if you're Denver, you really want to make sure that Miami gets punished for playing love. So I right. think that's a I think that's an interesting balance. I know one way is like, okay, well they could just run four or five pick and roll, right? Just do you know a little 2011 Lakers, Lamar Odom, <laughs> Andrew Bynum, right? But I don't know. I think that's also like a switch. So it's not too bad anyway. And then, you know, whatever you waste clock doing that. Right. I just, I think that that's one thing that Denver left on the table a little bit, just kind of putting love in those isolated handoffs. And I expect to see maybe a little bit more of that. Well, I mean, if, if you're smart, you do it. You, you gotta, he's, he's the, the, the weakest link on the defensive end. Right. So you, you gotta do that. But I mean, I think the idea is that, that we see obviously if it's not working spo can spo has other people now he can try to go to so it's not you know if it's not working obviously you know um caleb will get minutes or high smith can get some minutes and come in so there's there are other options that if you see they're starting to take advantage of kevin love i think though like the funniest thing is is that kevin love is just playing like he just he's there there's no must there's yeah, there's no must, no fuss. Like he was just out there, just doing his thing. Um, 
listen, I appreciate it, but you know, we also know he is slow afoot. So, you know, you see what happens, but I, I feel like they've done the same thing Spo's done. They've watched the video and they've decided, all right, this is what we're going to do. And yeah, I expect to see a lot more from, from Aaron Gordon. So yeah, just kind of just make him a playmaker, you know, kind of right. punish love for being on the floor because really that's what the playoffs are all about. Like how can I punish right. you guys? Uh, I would like to see Miami attack Murray a little more. I like how they attacked Porter. Yeah. I said, I think I said, I was saying that in the chat last night. I yeah. said, I can't believe no one is going at him. And then there was like three possessions where I saw people go at him and, and literally it was right past him to the basket. So I think that they want to make an emphasis of putting Jokic in the pick and roll which I don't disagree with. I just disagree with a little bit of the rotation right now because Jimmy and Jokic get rest at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I've been saying, I think Bam and Jokic should get rest at the same right. time. And I think you should want Jimmy to match up with the Jamal, Jamal. plus bench minutes mm -hmm. because that's a way smaller lineup. And I think right. there's less to bother Jimmy. And if you kind of, you know, cause Gordon's going to be on him, which means that you might be able to get away with, Zeller on a smaller guy, which might help him in pick and roll. I don't want Zeller to play. We all know he's going to play. So we just got to live with it and kind of adjust right. around it. Okay. It is what it is. Uh, Cause they're, they're just, whatever. They're just not doing what I want, but you know, pivoting pivot. <laughs> I didn't watch friends. I only know that one joke. Oh, okay. Um, good. I just, and I know Ross is an asshole. That, that's the other, that's the other friends thing I know. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I think that's, that's kind of Tiff. That that's where I am for the series. This is kind of, those are my feelings. Do the Heat win tomorrow? It's between God, Eric Spolstra, and <laughs> Mikey Malone. I don't know. I, no, I really don't know because this is a series that I I don't you know. And I said I said the other day I said after Game Three we're gonna have a. We're going to have a good grasp on the series. I think we're still in that feel-it-out phase, which is huge that Miami got one game because, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to know what you're doing in game three and then it's too late. You right. got a game, and now I think after – I think when game four tips off, we are going to be a lot more comfortable knowing where the games are going to go. I think there's going right. to be way less cards to play because um, once once you reach game six, that that's usually like – all right, the hands here, you know. So right. we're we're getting close to, and also as the series goes on, we get closer and closer to forty-four minutes. Bam, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which great, Cody, awesome. But you know, you know, I, I saw a video <laughs> today that the the Theragun was this season. It feels like forever ago. This was a long ass season, Tiff. The fuck was a long the, and that was in the season. middle of it where fucking Deadman hits the fucking table and that shit right? fucking flies. What a uh, what a season, guys! On look, Wednesday, look at us now. Look at us now, Tiff. On Wednesday, the Miami Heat are gonna play a finals game in their arena for the first time since 2014. They didn't have they didn't have home games in the bubble. No, that crowd is gonna be awesome. 8.30 yep. start. You know they're going to be there. They, this, this is a crowd that needs a little bit of an 8.30 start. We all happy hour a little too a little too long. Listen, as uh, as as we all know, Miami, we have uh, we have run on Miami time, but, you know, 8.30 <laughs> starts, they get there on time. 
and excited excited to cover a finals tiff excited to be here uh any closing thoughts before we get out of here um no gee it's just enjoy it regardless of the outcome just enjoy it i have so much fear i know you do chat's asking me the sage lost you guys lost sage privileges i sage against my better judgment a game six and they lost and everybody blamed me and they don't need it they're not you're not getting sage anymore they don't need it they're good the vibes are good right now yeah the vibes are good and everyone was fucking mean to me after i saged because you know (laughs) i they lost and then my my mentions were on fire and i had to mute the tweet you can all go to hell we don't need sage they're fine we the the sage got them here the the rest is in their (laughs) hands I will be they at the I will be at the big face pop up on Wednesday at the Belize mm. apartment complex thing in front of the arena. I will be there. So that's a that's if you a CG say hello. I saw somebody said hello to Moose at La Carreta, which is the funniest place to see Moose. If you knew what La Carreta was, Tiff, it is a um, it is a it is an age old Cuban establishment where all the old Cubanitos go and get their 4 p.m. coffee. And I imagine Moose leaving work, going to get his little cafecito, and some guy just yells "drip drop," and Moose is confused as to what's happening, <laughs> which is really funny. Although I do kind of see Moose in that type of place. No, it's, it's listen. Moose is Cuban. That that that's that's his environment. Moose grew up in La Carretas. Uh, Podium twenty three says, "Love the podcast, Tiff. Amazing work, guys. Remember, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a donation link this week for um for our Pride Drive." Uh, but you can go to shop.miamiheatbeat.com and you could buy a pride shirt and all proceeds 100% of any pride shirt you buy uh, 100% because we have we have quite a few any so, pride merch any pride merch on the Miami Heat Beat site 100% of those proceeds goes to Trans Social which is the organization that we're partnering in, and we wanted to partner with a more local Miami organization specifically helping the trans community given everything that's going on in the state of Florida right now and how that disenfranchised group of people needs to help now more than ever. So you buy a shirt, a hundred percent of the proceeds go to them. We're going to get a download link. If you want to just go directly, you can go uh, to trans socials website and they have a PayPal, but where if you, if you do it with us, you're entered to win some prizes and yes. some stuff come our pride stream. We're, we're going to get an official date. We're kind of waiting how the finals go because we didn't expect full disclosure. We did not expect to be here. So that kind of threw our pride planning for a loop. So be on the lookout on at Miami heat beat on Twitter at MIA heat beat on Twitter for announcements on, on our donation link on our drive and all that. But you guys have come through. We've raised $12,000 the last few seasons for pride. That is life changing kind of money for some of these organizations that operate on the margins. Ryan Spravero yeah. says you thought he would be getting home from Cape Cod about now. No, I would I would be in Cape Cod right now. I would get home on Father's Day during Game 7, which is why I'm not there. I was supposed to spend some time in New York. Tiff and I would have had a nice dinner with Brass, yeah. maybe some cocktails. Listen, as much as I want to see you, Tiff, I'm glad that we're here covering the finals. Yeah. And I want to see you guys buy some shirts. I want to see donations. Because the prizes are great, and you're going to love yes. what we have cooking for the show. There's a lot of fun announcements. So celebrate Pride with us um, and and buy, donate, do anything that you have, any if you can, if you're able. We yep. love you guys. Thank you for our support in this community. And I will see you tomorrow. I will be potting tomorrow with a guest. So stay tuned for that. And then, of course, 
Wednesday, pregame and 30 minutes before the game and hangover time right after the season series finale of the best goddamn postgame show in the world. We love you guys. See you tomorrow. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com